Today's scripture reading comes from Matthew 9:14 and 9:17. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, The wedding attendants cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? The day will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old cloak, for the patch pulls away from the cloak, and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. Otherwise, the skins burst, and the wine is spilled, and the skins are ruined. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, and so both are preserved. In the book of Matthew, uh, Jesus is confronted by uh, disciples of John the Baptist, actually. Uh, These folks have been following John the Baptist, you know, for a while now, and they're seeing Jesus over here doing some things that are different. You know, John was all about you know, fasting and, and, and depravity and, and, and waiting for the, 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 the coming, you know, of the Messiah and all this stuff. And now they're seeing this person over here that is saying that he is the Messiah, and they're seeing him celebrating almost and, and having joyous times. They're over here eating bugs and locusts, and he and his disciples are eating a box of Cheez-Its. And they're wondering, where did he get the Cheez-Its? First off, it's the first century. Who? I've never seen Cheez-Its. Um, and they're amazing, so that's a miracle. Uh, the Cheez-Its gift from God. Um, so, and they're seeing, why, why are you able to do this? And he says to him, you know, when the bridegroom, uh, Jesus often talks in uh, uh, illustrations, and one of his favorite illustrations is to, to describe himself as the bridegroom. In other words, it's a marriage. It's a marriage of love. It's a marriage of commitment. And it's a marriage between of, of God's love coming into earth and uh, being with his people. And uh, so when Jesus describes himself that way, he says that, you know, this is a time that we are celebrating. I'm here. We're, we're partying it up. It's, it's a time that we are opening those doors. We're welcoming people in. We are excited. He said there is a time when, you know, things will be a little hairy. And he's talking about, of course, the time that he's taken away. And he said, then my disciples will fast and they'll mourn. But right now, it's a time of celebration. And then he also uses this parable of, uh, of, of this, not parable, the illustration of um, you don't take like a, a, a new patch to put on an old wineskin because the wine will stretch and it will burst. Uh, the wineskins that they use are similar to this. They would take basically a carcass, uh, the, the skin of an animal, and um, they would, uh, I hope, clean it, and then they would um, put wine in it, and they would hang like that, and they would get their wine from there. And a good wine skin, uh, I'm told, could last about a year before it started to kind of wear and decay and things like that. Um, and so nowadays, you know, I mean, this looks pretty gross, but uh, they do serve wine, and those, uh, sometimes you'll see those leather, uh, they're kind of like these baggy things, you know, that's kind of what they did in the first century, was those. And so what Jesus is talking about is what Sherlock Holmes talks about. Uh, I'm a big fan of Sherlock Holmes. I I, I love Sherlock Holmes. I love reading uh, Sherlock Holmes. I love any of the different things. I love the new thing, you know, with Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, I love the old ones. Um, Jesus is talking about that what he is doing is something new. It is something new. And you can't take 
some of your old things and try to match it and mix it, sometimes you have to let the old discard and bring that new thing in. Uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was uh, in one of the stories about uh, Watson first meeting Sherlock Holmes. Uh, Watson is amazed at the things that Sherlock Holmes knows and is aware of. But he's also amazed at the things that Sherlock Holmes has no idea about. For instance, uh, Sherlock Holmes doesn't know like who the current politicians are or anything like that. Any of the, the current kind of uh, headline things like that, he's oblivious to it. Uh, astronomy, the stars in the sky and all this kind of stuff, the rotation and everything, he has no idea of any of that stuff. There are things that he is very smart about, but there's things that Watson notices that he is really, you know, ignorant about, dumbfounded about. And he spends this time and he tries to, to explain to Sherlock uh, what, uh, the, the, about the astrology and all the astronomy and all this kind of stuff and the politicians and everything like that. And he says, okay, I'll learn it now, and now I'm going to forget it because I'm going to make room. And he asks for him to explain, and he gives this kind of quote here. He says, I consider that a man's brain originally is like a little empty attic, and you have to stock it with such furniture as you choose. Sherlock's, um, his, his way of life was that his mind, in the new version he refers to it as his mind palace, but it's a, in the original book, um, it's, a, it's an attic. And what he talks about is how important it is for us to fill that attic with things that are important. If we fill it with other things, it can actually block us from seeing, you know, focusing on the things that are important in our life. For Sherlock, it was about solving crimes and mysteries and all of this kind of stuff. So there were certain facts about uh, CSI kind of things and all this stuff that he stored in his. And if he learned, like, you know, that, where the earth rotates and all that kind of stuff and put that into his head, it would take the room of very important things for him to quick access. And sometimes it's about that quick access. And sometimes we can almost look at our, our world as a, uh, a, an attic. And we go in there and we might see pictures, we might see files, we, these are memories. We might see things that are important to us, things that we have hung on to. Other times, we might walk into that attic and we might see things that are not really important and we wonder why they're there. And sometimes those things that are not really important actually block us from the things that we're looking for. I don't know about you guys, but if you've ever gone into any kind of storage that you have, the thing, and you're looking for something, you pass by a lot of stuff, and you might be asking yourself, why am I even hanging on to this stuff? Why have I kept this? For so This seemed important, but it really isn't important. And then you have a big garage sale, and someone else takes it, and they put it in their attic. You know, you find yourself trying to quick access things, but there are certain things that get in the way. This is what Jesus is talking about with the disciples, is that you have a lot of this, this is what it should be, and this is what it is, and this is, you know, tradition, and all this kind of stuff. And Jesus is saying, there's something that's really important going on, and you're missing it because there are other things stored in your attic that could actually use a little bit of a refresher, could be kind of removed and taken away. Uh, the disciples were seeing, you know, we fast, we tradition, we do this kind of stuff. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is the way it has to be. 
we're supposed to do this and all this kind of stuff. And they're not seeing that the Messiah is the person that they're actually talking to. They got so caught up into the preparation for the Messiah that when the Messiah is actually there, they're about to miss it. They don't see it because he's doing something that doesn't calculate of all the stuff that they have in their attic. You follow me on that? It's like storage. We store a lot of stuff. You know, there are psychiatrists now that have actually used the mind attic uh, scenario. This is something that was written, you know, a long, long time ago. But this is something that is proven to be useful for many people. There's, there have been TED Talks on this. There have been uh, semi seminars on this about how to retain memory and so forth. And the best way to retain your memory and your thoughts and your emotions even, to, to be able to uh, help you have uh, emotions, is to clear some of the things that are not only blocking you from remembering certain joys and happiness, but also things that are preventing you from... Um, experiencing the, the importance of the here and now. The disciples of John the Baptist were with Jesus, and they almost didn't see it. Thank God, truly, thank God, they asked, why are you doing this? Sometimes asking is the best way that we get information. It's old-fashioned, but sometimes when we ask the questions, we actually get answers, and that's when we can store things into our mind. Now, it's been, a, it's been a week for a lot of people. We have the capacity now to grab so many things in our life, so many sources, so much information, and we continue to fill our attic with things that we thumb through, things that we scan, little things that we see, things that we are told that are true that aren't, things that are you know, told that we should feel that we don't, and all of this kind of stuff, and we continue to feel burdened by the things that we're taking in. Today, anywhere you choose, your phone, your computer, anywhere, TV, there, are, there is information being shoved at you. There are things being uh, told to you, and we take them in. And sometimes we take in really valuable things. Those things we can store, put them right in the attic. But some of us, we have a lot of crap in there. Some, some of us, it's time to do some spring cleaning. Some of us, we've been filled with so much information of this politician is who you should follow. And you, because you follow this politician, you have to hate that politician. And this is the thing that you should find important in your life. Because if you find that important in your life, you will see this as a villain in your life. And we find all of this kind of stuff. And we feel that the things that the algorithms tune in to the things that make us feel uncomfortable. Did you know that? That's their biggest thing, is if it makes you feel angry, if it makes you feel uh, distraught, if it makes you feel uh, depressed in any way, those are the things they want to feed to you the most because those are the things you look at the most. The things that make you feel unhappy. 
are the things we're filling our lives with. And those are the things that we're putting into our attic if we're not careful. That's the, that's the, uh, the wineskin that's about to burst. That's the piece of cloth that is tearing away. That's what Jesus is talking about. Because you see, Christ is about love. Simplest terms, Christ is about love. Jesus loved the world so much that he, or God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. Love. We feed ourselves so much with negativity, with hatred, with bigotry, with things that, that just uh, we want to fight, things that tell us that our neighbor is not our neighbor but our enemy. We start to lose that Jesus is love. Imagine this addict. And at one time, we, we accepted Christ into our lives. I love Christ. Christ loves me. And we, you know, we feel pretty good about it. We hip hop and we do this kind of stuff. We just, we want to swing in daisy land and all this kind of stuff. And then we take the, the Jesus thing and we put it into our attic, you know, and we put it right there. And we think, oh, that's precious. I really like that, you know. And then we walk in the world, you know, and all of a sudden we turn on the news and the news is fighting. They have the panel that's going on and they're all, you know, there's like three people that are for something and there's one guy that's not. And so they, you argue about the one guy and you start to watch this stuff and you think, oh, that's scary. And I'm them feeling angry about this. And I didn't know about that, but I hate that person because I didn't know about that and all this kind of stuff. And you start to scroll through things and there's people telling you that, you know, there's this and there's that, and the people are a threat to us, and there's all this kind of stuff, and we start to feel our, you know, full of this all rage and all this stuff. And all the time that we're doing this, we are taking stuff, and we continue to put it into our attic. It's coming into our brain, and we're putting it away. And we find ourselves throughout the day feeling mad about those kind of things. We find ourselves feeling hatred towards somebody else that we didn't even really meet. And in the meantime, all of this stuff we are compiling into our addict, and Jesus is getting put farther and farther back. Remember, Jesus is love, right? And sometimes it's tucking it back there so far because we're filling it full of things that we're supposed to hate. We're villainizing people. We're hating people. We don't want that person over there. We don't like that person over there. We don't like the way that that person lives their lifestyle. That person is not as good as this person, and that person needs to be removed. And all of this kind of stuff is now filling our attic, and we cannot see that love of Christ in our life anymore. What's more important is we can't see the love for other people. We lose that. We're, we're, we're so full of where is God? Where is God in our life? The reason we don't see him is just like those disciples didn't see that he was right there because they were caught in the things that were in their attic that were not important. And Jesus was saying, clean it out because I'm right here. I'm, I'm right here. I'm sorry. Today is a Sunday that there are, there are parents of kids. Today, this first Sunday after this tragedy, 
Texas that are, they're asking, where's God? Where is Christ? And instead of talking about the love of Jesus Christ, we're fighting. We're fighting that there's, oh, it's not, it's gun control. No, it's not gun control, it's mental health. No, it's not mental health. It's putting uh, security into the churches and into the schools and all of this kind of stuff. And we're, we're fighting and we're arguing and we're filling our attic with just nonsense. And we, meanwhile, there is Christ right there that's saying, you're all right. We do need to regulate our guns. We do need to talk about mental health. We do need to protect our children. That's why I'm here. It's not about fighting. It's not about hating. We fill our world so much that somebody fills their attic so full of hatred that they grab a gun and they shoot children. That's an addict that needs to be cleaned. And we can't fight this by just continually to fill our addict with more hatred. We can't. We have people that say that they represent Christianity that call for violence and hatred and all of this kind of stuff. You want to know why I became a pastor 10 years ago? Because I saw that people weren't being accepted into a church. And I saw that people were taking the pulpit to tell them that your faith is defined by the material things that you have, or that you should vote a certain way, that you should hate somebody. Anybody that gives you permission on the pulpit to hate somebody is not somebody you should be following. Because deep down in our attic, deep tucked away is the love of Christ. Christ, who does feel for those kids and their parents. It's not a matter of why doesn't God do something? God put us here to do something. It's like people say, why, there's people starving. Why does Christ let people starve? He's not. He told us that the, the, the world we live in has enough food to feed everybody. He told us to do something about it. He told us to love one another. He was never specific about that. He just told us to love one another. That's why we're here. That's the new wine and the new skin and the new clothes. That's what Jesus was trying to tell people 2,000 years ago. People who were asking, where's Jesus? And Jesus was answering, I'm right here. Would you, would you pray with me? Lord, help us to feel love. Help us to clean out the things that prevent us from feeling and sharing love. Help us to help people. Help us to help those that are hurting.
Help us to help those that are struggling. Help us to re to define what Christianity truly is. It's about love. Help us to know that. Help us to feel that. Help us to share that. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Um, <laughs> I've never been good at poker. You're going you're gonna to know how I feel. Um, uh, you're going to... Uh, I, I have a brother-in-law that's... Uh, uh, served in the military for uh, many years, and uh, uh, he probably doesn't know this, but I'm, I'm very proud of him. Uh, I've never met a soldier that wanted a war. I've never met a soldier that didn't want peace and was willing to sacrifice everything that they had for that peace. As Christians, that's what we're supposed to be like. We're supposed to be defenders of love, promoters of peace, freedom for all. May we remember that today as we remember those that have given their life so dearly for those that they loved and those they never met. And may we Remember to tell the living how much we love them every day. Love God, love yourself, and love your neighbor, which is everyone. Amen.